0: You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement this is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week, week in and week out, to bring you content that is not just spoken to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it. People who have been there, ministered there, who understand what it is to do God's work in a small, out-of-the-way place. If you are just jumping into this conversation today, this is actually a part two of a conversation about not just women in ministry in the rural church, but in general, how to help women flourish in discipleship and in mentorship and all these different areas. And it's a conversation that I've just really enjoyed doing with uh, my friend, Pastor Rebecca Thomas. And so we're going to jump into part two of this today. And uh, where we're coming in at is we're in the middle of a discussion on the challenges that kind of face women in the rural context as they seek to, yeah, not only be disciples, but also be ministers. And so it's just a delightful chat and and with a good friend and with great perspective. And so I hope that this uh, encourages and challenges you to continue to uh, empower women as fellow workers for the gospel. And uh, we're excited to have you tune in today. So let's get right to it. Well, hey at this point let's uh, let's move to that third area we were talking about so obviously you know we walked through this idea of you know what does it mean to to walk through the loneliness of being a woman in ministry who's who just yeah. you know, doesn't have that culture to support it we've talked about kind of the idolizing of motherhood almost again not to not to diminish it but but at the sake of diminishing every other aspect of, of what a you know woman of mm-hmm. ministry could be and all these things. Um, so let's move to that third area when it comes to discipleship tell me about that as a disadvantage kind of in these rural contexts at times.
1: Yeah, I think, um, in complete transparency, coming from a Chi Alpha training and background, sure. um, you know, we, we, there are a lot of things that I'm sure that I know Chi Alpha can improve on in, in certain areas. Or, sure, but sure. Discipleship is one of the things that they have nailed. Like, it nice. is... Uh, Like discipleship is the is the lifeblood of of Chi Alpha and focuses on building on building community in a way and in relationships that is transformative. And for the most part, um, I mean, some of my most uh, impactful relationships in Chi Alpha, I have a lot of female friends, too. But I had a lot of male mentors. My mentor that I met with one-on-one for two years was Dan Gunther, who is sure. he's the regional Chi Alpha director for the Pacific Northwest. He's one of the best support raising coaches in the AG. Like he's phenomenal. And um, and he did our premarital and pre-engagement counseling and like married us. <laughs> um, his kids are my youth group now. Like, we have this background. And so I see something that Kai Alpha has modeled really well is also not just mentoring and discipleship, but also cross-gender mentoring and right. having access to those relationships. Um, and while we are still in a space where we don't have as many women, especially in a rural context, sure, um, yeah. like I said, I didn't have I didn't have people older than me even to to gravitate to. I had a lady in our church who never got credentialed but was our missions director, and uh, you know, w- was kind of in a mentor role with me for a little bit, and I've always looked up to her. But if you don't have, if, especially in rural context, you don't you already don't have a lot of women in yep. leadership, and so then how do you model and mentor and bring up right women and and show it to them?
0: Yeah, and even um, if, if you those, don't have those it, <laughs> women aren't going into like pastoral ministry, but it's still just the idea of like. Who who are they supposed to turn to for their one on one conversations and for those right. life forming moments? You know exactly, yeah.
1: and and being equipped to answer really hard life things and just uh, learn learn how to human. I mean, I think is a yeah, lot of yeah, what happened to too, Jesus, right? You know, like, like really,
0: gender aside, just learn how to follow God well,
1: right? And that should be our goal, right? Is to be disciples right, of Jesus, right. not to be a biblical woman or to be a biblical man, but to be a disciple of Jesus, and so. I so I really would like to encourage pastors to figure out in their context and their situation what does it look like to make sure that women in your church are getting mentored and are getting discipled? Whether it's you, whether it's other male leaders that you trust, whether it's uh, women that you can bring in, whether it's reaching out to your network and saying, Hey, do you have someone that I could have come and speak to our youth or to our church or fill our pulpit so that I could we can model women from the platform or women teaching or women you know that that would be willing to, to help us mentor women. And, and like I said most of my impactful one-on-one mentors have been men and I recognize right. that I'm like in a lot of ways my story and my situation' too long to get into but isn't it maybe an exception versus the rule. but I've sure. also heard from so many women who can't find a mentor because men won't meet with them. Male pastors right. won't meet with them one-on-one. And yeah. and this gets us into, like, Billy Graham rule.
0: Yeah, and I want to pause there. Switch. It's a great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know, like, for me, so just to give context to that, Um, for me, I, I definitely like, yeah, obviously as being a dude who grew up in a, in, with, with zero resistance in this area, like there was, there was, there were, there was never somebody not willing to meet with me and there was never, you know, there never these issues that just again, cause obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't face that, but it kind of blew my mind because I just didn't realize like how damaging it is. Like if I, mostly because I just wasn't aware of my own moments. Like if I looked back and said, Mm -hmm. what were the moments that like, like it's the the chips are down you're struggling you you reach out to a mentor you meet it was sitting in a room by ourselves you know Mm -hmm. it was it was like man i was on a car ride for a long period of time with a male mentor and like the walls came down or like man i was able to call and go to their house late at night with no suspicion no nothing no questions no whatever Mm -hmm. because there was no you know there was no perception there and and then and and even in my own experience, there was um, because again the Billy Graham rule for those yeah who who somehow might not know is like like this idea that Billy Graham said I I you know will not give the image of impropriety and I don't want to be caught up in this even the the hint that I would be sexually immoral and unfaithful to my wife yeah so he had a rule of like I won't meet with you know I won't meet with women alone and like cool for a dude who travels the world is famous and had like really like, some stories, had
1: people trying had to like issues. seduce like, him issues. like <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah. so for billy graham great but like we flatter ourselves way too much when we're like huh i can't be with women alone or else they're just gonna throw not themselves." not every woman like, wants you not every woman it's true and like and, and so there was a situation and i uh <laughs> getting off that one but there was a situation where like uh there was a gal in uh, my youth ministry and we went to a college days um, at at one of our AG Bible colleges. And it was uh, myself and her and a male student. So there was three of us and we all went down. I actually, no, maybe she went with me as like a chaperone to try and connect. It it doesn't matter the context, but we ended up where uh, these two Mm -hmm. students were doing college days, but she was with me as an adult staff. And so we found ourselves with nothing to do during the day. And I could tell she was just having a hard time because she'd wanted to come to this school, but didn't, you know, at the time have the money, and all these things. And so, It was at Trinity Bible College, and there's a town south of there about 40 miles. And so I just looked there and said, "Hey, why don't we drive to Aberdeen and get coffee? Let's get out of here for a second. You know, let's just drive to Aberdeen." And then obviously people could even at this point question me and say, "Wow, you know, what are are you doing?" And I'm like, "Hey, when we got in that car, and I gave her not preferential treatment, but the same space to like Mm -hmm. function as a human being as I would give a young man." And again, I wasn't like. Hiding anything. Like my wife said, What'd you do today? I said, Oh, me and this, this, you know, I went to college days yeah. and me and this girl, we went down to get coffee. And she's like, Okay, cool. Like there was no, there's no hidden yeah. agenda. But just to give her the same space, we got in the car and she told me things about her life and relationship with Jesus that she had previously never opened up about. And I'm like, Well, what was that? It was the beauty of giving someone the same attention, that same individual mm-hmm. attention that is one-on-one discipleship you know it's just like it's as if the church has been multiplying through this means for centuries and so so i'll let you chime in on that point obviously but that's just it's a huge passion for me as well Of just like man the walls come down and and we don't adhere to this so so i mean yeah and there's still other. Things. and i We're feel not like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but continue no
1: i feel like every time we hear a story about a pastor who like fell morally and had an affair sure. you know this this topic comes back up and
0: yeah well it's important we have to keep it in place yeah. we
1: ah. have to keep it in place i don't think any of us are advocating for like doing away with all boundaries yeah <laughs> like, like none of us are yeah, saying that no um no. and and i i tend to go by the heebie-jeebie rule
0: yeah, screw like me out. Yeah, exactly. If, if
1: I'm if I have the Hibidi Hibidi Gibedees, then I'm going to like a not a spiritual term. So. ride with it is the I was quoting the Madagascar actually yeah. if you have the Hibidi Gibedees. Does anyone <laughs> else have the Hibidi Gibedees? So, uh it's not about being or not being wise. Right. A lot of times it's, it's cloaked in this like hyper spiritual language of like, I'm protecting myself and I'm protecting my marriage. And I don't want to poo poo that so much to say that I, right. I, I think again, it's really are doing that. It's a sure. good intention. I think we just have to understand the impact. Um, yeah. and if there's one thing that I've learned in ministry the last five years, rural or not, is that in some, in a lot of spaces, we have to just own what the impact is, whether that's the intent or not. Um, yeah. And uh, because the impact is what others feel. And so yeah, uh, we yeah. have to own it's like uh, there's there's a quote that I love um, and, and I'm going to encourage also anytime uh, if you're a pastor and you are discussing a topic of women in ministry or you are t- discussing a topic of like uh, whether you agree with it or not or not or, um, you know, you don't want to go on a car ride with a female pastor or another thing. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Can, please just let's stop using the phrase. It's not personal.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. it and from I and I say that from a personal perspective, but sure, also sure. a professional one. Because when we say something isn't personal, it is diminishing the feelings of that person. And if you are somebody who has uh, and diminishing the experience of that person. Um if right. you if you've ever seen you've got mail, I don't know if you've if maybe I, this is the wrong audience for this. Throw it out. I but, don't know. Oh, you should! You really I'm all should. For a good, I mean, so, I'm all
0: for a good metaphor.
1: <laughs> it's all—it's a good rom com. Um, but it's—it's uh, it's this, you know, romantic comedy between a, a big bookstore owner who sure. uh, puts a, a tiny little country you know shop around the corner bookstore out of business and they end up falling for each other because they've accidentally been classic um gotta love it instant messaging right it's back when instant messaging oh, was like brand new so right like you know got, mail, were, got mail yeah they suddenly, didn't know who each other okay. were he love figured that. it out and then realizes like oh shoot i love her yeah. and i've ruined her life how do i do this and he <laughs> tells her in this in this scene he says well um it wasn't personal and yeah. her response to him said, what is that supposed to mean? I am so sick of that. All that means is that it wasn't personal to you, but it was personal to me. It's personal to a lot of people. And what's so wrong with being personal anyway, Mm. whatever else, anything is it ought to begin by being personal. Yeah. Um, And so when we're talking about when we're talking about (laughs) discipleship, right? Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, ladies and gentlemen, um, when when we're talking about discipleship, it does have to start by being personal. Like, yeah. Jesus lived with his disciples for three years. And guys, guys, it wasn't just the 12 men. There, yeah. The, the women were people. there. There was a group of people and women were involved. And women and men were probably rubbing shoulders amongst Jesus' disciples a lot more than they were supposed to <laughs> because yeah. they were following King Jesus. And so, you know... I don't want to draw too hard of like black and black and white things sure. in regards to um, people have
0: to have wisdom. I mean, still you got to have to have wisdom. Like, I, get it. But, I get it, but,
1: but I do also but too feel long like that's
0: been used as an excuse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If, if you can't do like, like your example, Joe was great, Or Like last year at network conference, I um, picked up a buddy of mine who's a youth pastor. Um, Cause he didn't want to have to repark his car um, yeah. at the garage. And I, I drove him to the youth pastors event and then drove him back to the, uh, resort and then I whatever. And we just sat in my car chatting for like an hour about yeah. different things. And um, you know, we don't get to see each other very often. It's like twice a year that I get to see him. Yeah. And so, you know, I text my husband and just like I, you know, just drop, dropped him off all heading back. And, and he'll tease me about, you know, like, oh breaking the Billy Graham rule. Um right, <laughs> because right. we're we're sitting in the car chatting. But if if you are I, I, I want to say this carefully, yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's it's like that's like once that's like a once or twice a year thing, right? Yeah. You you going and taking that that person, uh, gal yeah, out for coffee and student or whatever. Out to out for coffee and doing right. If a one time thing like that, a one-time event where you are driving with the opposite gender, if that is if that just that one thing is going to lead you into an affair of that one time thing <laughs> where you are being issues. unfaithful. <laughs> yeah. Then you 100%. honestly if, if you are so if, if you are in a space where yeah, you are so sorts, emotionally, and mentally and relationally fragile that that is that is the reality for you. Yeah. Then you maybe need to take a break from ministry because right. that's that is not healthy for a right. one time thing. Now, I I get it that everybody says well that it always starts with an emotional right. which you're right. It does. Sure. Uh, but when you're doing a one time th- like, yes, if, if you'd continue to drive that drive, or I mean, there's yeah, lots of things, I mean, but you sure, can lots have of boundaries. That could have gone on. Sure. Right. But,
0: and if, the thing is, like, it, yeah, like, I, I think what I'm, I think the thing that, that is frustrating for me is I think that we've gotten to a point of, of it's almost like, so I've heard people say, because uh, you and I both have a background in youth ministry, and uh, youth ministry yeah. is inherently risk taking, and like, teenagers are bonkers, and there's all these things. But one of the words that gets thrown out most often that I've heard when uh, somebody in senior leadership, uh, the youth pastor has an idea, and sometimes this is okay. Like, sometimes it should be said. But sometimes people will say the phrase, you'll be like, hey, we want to do this. And somebody will use the phrase, well, we can't because of uh, insurance, right? Insurance won't be, be cool with it. and. There are maybe a couple times, like uh, one of my teenagers once suggested, like, can we put a foam pit off the roof and we'll just like jump off the roof of this building? And I was like, no, like we're not doing that. <laughs> um, but but uh, they were like a ninth grade boy. And I was like, well, this fits. But no, like we just can't do that. <laughs> but um, so there are times when you use the phrase, hey, insurance is just not kosher with that. Yeah. But there's times when what they're really saying is to do what you're asking me to do would take more work than I'm willing to put in. And so I won't do it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is yeah. what sometimes, and I'm going to speak as like the, the dude in the room who's also trying to disciple men and women. I'm like, hey, sometimes what I'm truly saying is I don't want to put in just even the tiniest little extra work because it's okay to be careful, like to, to be transparent about when you're yeah. a woman is, is, you know, for me as a man, like probably good, 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 you know, good call. But to say- yeah. That little bit of extra care that I have to take to mentor a, a woman who is trying to follow the Lord and minister, even just as the call of God and discipleship, um, to say, man, that's yeah. too much for me. Like, I just have to either own that that's what I'm actually saying, or I have to kind of buck up and say, hey, yeah. even if it takes a little extra work, a little extra care, the result is worth it, is that people are getting mm-hmm. discipled. Men and women yeah. are being called into ministry and shaped by the one-on-one moments uh, that, yeah. that mentoring gives. And so so that's, yeah.
1: And I think that there's an interesting generational thing to this too. I think in, in some ways that uh, my former lead pastor always like we, we met primarily just in his office. We had our one-on-one time staff time, you know, we were the only two sure, full-time sure. pastors. Um, and so while our time was always really interruptible, we were usually the only two in the building. Yeah. And, um, uh, and it's like,
0: it's not weird until somebody makes it weird. Like someone walks um, in and goes, what's going and- on here? And you're like, well, two employees are working in the same space. I don't, right. I don't know. And, what you and do actually
1: nobody this. ever, it was never actually a weird right. Like nobody actually ever, ever had an issue with that, um, but like Kaiyafa's model is primarily almost all the one on ones are done um, in a public.
0: Yeah, space. and honestly, you meet at the church. You're sitting you, up at a coffee You shop, go on a walk, or you like, go you know, or do. These are not hard to do.
1: But but my right, but my my former lead pastor's more philosophy was like, but in public, people will see you and then might think that you're like doing something that you shouldn't. Right. And that was interesting to me because I was like, but if they know we're co-workers like like
0: yeah what well, don't you think That's and truth be told the, don't isn't the public space about better like so in my small town right again a similar population baker where i live is a town of 1200 yeah if somebody does see me i i actually have so i'm working my way out of my role but we've hired a female youth pastor and i've been mentoring her for the last mm-hmm. year and like 95 percent of our mentorship meetings have happened at a coffee shop setting and the thing is in my small yeah. town if um if somebody does see us and then call my pastor or my wife or whatever and say you know, yeah. Joe was meeting with with this person in the coffee shop. Then public spaces is actually more accountability and not less. Like it actually says more about my character to say, yeah. hey, I'm out in front and I'm not I'm obviously not doing anything sneaky. You know, and it's it's so surprising to yeah. me that people are like, I can't imagine. And I'm like, really? Like what? What else like, am I supposed yeah, to be, in meet in, in my basement? Like this someone... feels worse. Like this feels like a worse yeah, idea. Yeah. Isn't it
1: more sketchy to do <laughs>
0: exactly. this this way?
1: Um, And so, so I think that's an interesting dynamic. And I, I appreciate that nuance of it being like just more work. And and it often is. I also want to speak to the reality of, I, I think there's probably a lot of male pastors who would be like, well, you know, I can't disciple a woman. I'm not a woman. Sure. I can't disciple woman things. And, Which feels weird still. And, uh, <laughs> it does feel weird because I... She's a human. Yeah. Like, we're not asking you to talk about menstrual cycles. I was literally just about to we, say, like, you don't
0: have to walk in and be like, Hey, how's your period lately? Like, that's not a statement. Yeah. Like, gonna get but also, made, you know? but also,
1: yeah. and yet, but also, it should yeah. be okay for her to also say, true. Man, I'm struggling because right. I notice, I notice that my, like, my cycle impacts my emotional sure, state uh, at these times. Absolutely. And so I'm working through this. And that should, that's not weird, right. guys. That's right. just like just discipleship. That's I mean, just, guys, like, yeah.
0: if we have to look for one reference point, the amount of times where guys have encouraged other men to, like, go into detail about their addiction to pornography, like... And that's somehow right? okay. And yet then, you know, it's these it's these, it's these taboos and yeah. all these things, but it is for, for it women to talk about. It should hopefully, even as yeah. pastors are tuning in to this. I hope you've stuck with us this long, this two-parter, but but yeah. I'm just telling you, like, breathe for a second, <laughs> you know, like these are all conversations, these are all normal and okay to have, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't it just shouldn't be a huge deal. We're all just discipling people, right? Yeah.
1: Because in the workplace, like in in a secular workplace, there is not nearly the same kind of um right like rigidity. Yes. Um yes. when when I had my mentor teacher and like I had some of the worst like menstrual issues of my life. Oh, sure, and sure. he was like, you don't need to teach today. And he's he was yeah, a 6 and year he's old like and retired. There, and yeah. he's just there. I mean and he was a Christian too, yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely for sure, for like sure. not and, um, you know, it's like it's it doesn't have to be weird. Yep. It's only weird if you make it weird and and too much. We focused on what does it look like to disciple women and what does it look like to disciple men versus instead yeah. of just how are we discipling people? Yeah. Everybody's going to have issues around sexuality. Everybody's going to have issues around money. Everybody's going to have issues with emotional regulation, whether it's um, being too much or not not being in touch, like being repressed or being too driven by your emotions. Everybody has family of origin issues. Everybody has a calling on their life, whether it's vocational ministry or being a missionary to the workplace. Again, something Kai Alpha does really, really well everybody is going to have issues with what does it look like to serve Jesus as King in my marriage? What does it look like to love a spouse? How do we choose a good one? Like, how do we, you're going to have the same conversations with girls, with women. Uh, I mean, okay. Same conversations might be a little little stronger, but you're going to have similar topics. Yeah,
0: for sure. I think one of the things, even speaking back to my experience, because again, youth pastor for nine years and had a chance and a privilege Mm -hmm. really to mentor a lot of young men and women. Um, But, like, truth be told, as soon as I was willing to take that leap and get over that that stereotyped wall that had been built of like, man, it's just mm-hmm. gonna be so, you know, so crazy. And, and I, I can't even fathom, you know, as soon as you just get over that really minute hurdle, uh, you do sit across mm-hmm. from an actual <laughs> woman who's trying to follow Jesus. Yes. And somehow they're just like yeah. like, Hey, how do I do small groups better? How do I disciple better? Hey, I'm not feeling great today, or hey, how's my mental health? And like these are all normal issues. That I don't feel mm-hmm. out of place to address at all. And it's just like, wait, maybe we are all just yeah. people trying to follow Jesus, you know.
1: Yeah. And there's there's a time and a space for oh sure. Um, yeah. For sure. For same gender, same but ultimately, sex if, conversation. If we discipled
0: more women if we decide, you know, if we were willing to engage that more, well, then guess what? When those moments hit and men said, Man, I feel uncomfortable to we step here, we, They'd be ready. There'd yeah. be like this core of skilled yeah. discipled women who are like, and, I've been mentoring right? and I'm ready. You know,
1: and I feel like if we had more men who were discipled by women, oh, my
0: gosh, we'd have healthier. Like, men. Like we would
1: have how like, much imagine. like. Right. Look at <laughs> like I always I always say, I, I mean, look at the, what, what's the stereotype of like the like emotionally in touch or like helpful male sure. is somebody who like grew up with a lot of sisters. Yes. And we're right. Enough, or who is comfortable talking about things or. Right. Um Although. That's not necessarily. I mean, sure, um, there's exceptions to every rule. In the case of my of the of the guys that I know, actually, very few of them had. Nate, my husband, is actually the first guy that I was even interested in or dated who had sisters. Like every other guy was like from all boy
0: families, which (laughs) was just a weird. Well, and I even this is kind of an extreme example, but on this on this line, okay, I remember hearing a story, and and it's it's uh, it's going to get a little drastic, but that's not really the main point, okay. And not to diminish the main point, but just let me throw it out there. So in the study of the Rwandan genocide, okay. So we're going back in history to a really dark time in Rwanda, right? But the whole point was that like a whole generation of men got like wiped out predominantly. Obviously, there were other victims, but predominantly like these all these men from like probably the age of whatever, 50 to 50 were just gone. And I don't remember what church group it was, I don't remember the specifics, but basically the sending organization of this church group came into the country, let's say five, 10 years down the road from the from the end of this moment, from the end of this tragedy. And uh, and what they discovered is not only were were a lot of these church networks built predominantly by women and led predominantly by women, Mm -hmm. but they were actually flourishing, like killing it, like being a radiant example to other church groups. And again, I'm not saying that this has to be, you know, like this one-sided thing, but I just, you know, it it amazed me. So in my own youth staff, right, Mm -hmm. is uh, I've had Uh, luckily a healthy mix at most times of, you know, a couple of women, a couple of men, you know, just trying to help us do this thing. And I have never had an idea grow worse when I added male and female perspectives to it. In fact, our events got to kill it. And I got to sit in board meetings where I got praised for how well my events did. And I thought, man, you guys have no idea how much my wife made that event a success or how much my female staff made that event a success. I just Mm -hmm. helping us see blind spots. And like, it's almost as if, Yep. the body of Christ is meant to function as a whole. You know what I'm saying like surprise surprise. I know you're making the Shut shocked the front face, door. Yeah, you're making the shocked face on me the, and then it's like what? But anyways, yeah. yes, that's that's one of my thoughts on it.
1: Because my blind spot is not going to be somebody else's. Right. And so we 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 need to be checking each other's rearview mirrors and being able to to speak into those spaces. And so I I just encourage you like let wisdom drive you but don't let black and white fear-based things drive sure. you. Um and I know that I, I mean I've, I've felt like that when youth ministry that it was like if I can't drive, you know, a, a guy around, most of the girls in my youth group are tr- trying to figure out if they like other girls. So yeah. does that mean I can't drive them around now, too? Right. Like
0: And especially in the last go- 10 years, like Oops. these conversations have been yeah. a lot harder to draw lines around because we suddenly go, well, there was a safe thing here or a perceived safe thing of perceived, yeah. you know, for sure. But yeah. like, well, this, yeah. this wouldn't be an issue. And it's like, well, actually, we're setting ourselves up to, to fail in this area, too. So it's like, yeah, do we just disciple people.
1: Yeah, and just recognizing, I I I think like, and we've talked about this too about it being a protection thing of like protection against false accusations, right? And And, sure, but you know the rate of false accusations to like I don't enlighten me, please. Please, please, it's (laughs) uh oh, geez, I. I mean, you can get fuzzy um, with it, and we can. I I might have to Google with it, but (laughs) but I mean, it's it's very it's uh the percentage versus the the perception of false versus the percept, yeah the the actual false uh accusation, accusation rate yeah. percentage to actual like rape cases or assault is minute. Right. It is tiny. It is like and so that can't be your main motivation. Mm. If it is, then I then I think you'd need to take a hard look at if you view women as if you have bought into a lie about yeah. women that they want, that they are going to, that, that, that they're only out to tempt you. Right. Um,
0: and we don't even or have time if you are to unpack willing to... Purity culture. We don't even have time nope. to talk about like the or like dozens of resources.
1: Andrew J. Bow- but, right. yeah. Andrew J. Bowman talks about the pornification view. Ooh,
0: yeah, where... for sure.
1: We have such, any you know, we viewing, only view each, each other as sexual beings. Yes, is sexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I remember the as day that I sexual. got, I, I just got so mad because, again, as a, like, when I came to Christ, I came from the outside of Christianity looking in and, again, yeah. it was immediately pitched Same. kind of these books and these thoughts. And so I trenched, you know, knee deep. And as someone who, like, in my own testimony and background, had struggled with pornography, addiction, and all these things, um, I remember the day someone looked at me and just said, like, Hey, um, you're not someone who is forever doomed to lack self-control because because whether we believe it or not, most of our Christian men's books basically yeah. said, men, you have no hope. You are always going to be this out of control, like lust monster. And I yeah. just remember being so like angry and sad. That, like, that is mm-hmm. what I've been pitched because it's the most self-defeating premise. Like, and again, and I think even yeah. on the reverse is true where, like, a lot of women were put under a lot of healthy, unhealthy standards just based mm-hmm. on, like, well, here's this perception. And it just, it just, and maybe maybe it is impossible to see until we're 20 years down the road, but it just was so rough,
1: yeah. you know, and it
0: just caused yeah. so many long-term things. But
1: It just creates more of a culture of fear than recognizing that we are better together. Um, if there's like one resource that I would, I would recommend, love that. yes,
0: please um, we'll put it in the show notes.
1: Is uh, Danielle Strickland um, is a Canadian pastor, um, and she wrote a book that's called Better Together. Mm. Um, and it focuses on, it's not a marriage book. I oh, think nice. a lot of times when we talk about like mutuality and egalitarian or like those sure. things, we often just jump to marriage. And and she really is focusing on um, men and women partnering together in every sphere to bring the kingdom and to glorify the kingdom and to create human flourishing and wholeness. And I think that, um, and so her book, I, I love it. I think I need to re-listen to it. It's in my library. Oh, but sure. um She uh, really... And actually she refers to the Rwandan genocide. Oh, um, okay, and cool. the stories See, of okay, like, not, ra- like totally right? up- I, know. I was like, Whole I know circle. this. No, exists. you're not like I um, know this happened. Yeah, it does. <laughs> There's um um, but not and it's a different example. Oh, it's sure. actually a different story. It's about the reconciliation of bringing people oh, who wow. killed each other yes. <laughs> to either side. Yeah, like totally, And totally. so this is our and she has this this uh, kind of the premise of if this is the end goal that we want to get to, like what's our end goal and how do we, you know. Right. We're gonna work backwards from this. Yeah. How do we yeah.
0: And if how
1: our goal is, yeah, um, yeah, and I think that that's just—it's uh, a really, a really good resource in challenging how we view um, men and women. Again, not just in marriage, right. because there's so many also like prominent Christian speakers that talk about like they don't need other friends, they don't need friends of the opposite sex, So they don't yeah. need these things. And I just, just I just each say, other. Like, we just, and we do, we diminish the value of the body of Christ when we have this rigidity that. You know, and 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 maybe some of that's personality. I mean, my husband would be totally totally content with like just being home with me. Right, and obviously, yeah, (laughs) and and other people. But
0: I think when preference (laughs) becomes (laughs) demand, and when preference becomes (laughs) when preference becomes almost gospel truth in a sense, like it really, really starts to shine a dark light on things, and you're just like, man, I don't know. You know,
1: yeah, like it's not weird for me to somebody asked my husband once of like, well, what if, you know, somebody calls and tells you that Rebecca is, you know, having coffee with, you know, another guy and he'd be like, well, sounds about right. <laughs>
0: um, like <Yeah>. that. <laughs> but just owning like, hey, this is because, because, <laughs> because again, we're reaching people, yeah. we're talking like my wife right. has told me because she works uh, in the marketplace as well and in a very professional yeah. setting. And she's like, man, if I ever looked at a colleague who had no Christian faith and said, I refuse to get in the car with you because you're a man, like she would just be laughed like out of her context. Yeah. Because a lot of people go like, and it's so funny because I think that our intention was good, this whole purity and personal integrity, and that's fine, but how it has so unfortunately backfired to like make people think like are you guys mm-hmm. all like just out of control like are you, are you guys are you guys all okay yeah. like are you guys all just oversexed like all the time like yeah. it's weird you know it's weird that you guys <laughs> give off this vibe and uh yeah well, well hey i think uh i think we could man we could we could go on forever this could turn into a four part so here's what i want to do. I know do. we didn't, I, didn't even know it's okay to, like, we kind like of the... answered all these questions <laughs> so here's what i want to do here's what i do to finish this out yeah um and we're going to combine these last two questions that i'd thrown at you where it's it's how ah, can you give me some bullet part, yeah. points from our conversation of if a pastor, because again, a lot of people, myself included at different seasons, yeah. I've had such a struggle saying, okay, I get that, you know, even to come to a point where I said, I'm okay with moving forward in this direction of helping empower women, helping women flourish mm-hmm. in ministry and discipleship. But I still sometimes struggled in like, what is step A, step B? How do I create that culture? So maybe yeah. let's just yeah. take a couple minutes here at the end of this podcast and really bullet point some of our conversation, boil it down and say, what does it look like to create that culture where women in discipleship and women in ministry can flourish. So so speak to that for a second.
1: Yeah, I I mean I think just starting conversations is one of them. Um like I I remember having a conversation with my area leader because because our network leader had been like challenging our executive presbytery that if you are in charge of scheduling your sure. pulpit then you should at least start by having I'm challenging all of you to have a woman preach at least once a quarter. Wow, yeah. Um if they're not already, which again is that whole intentionality he, he creates organic. That, like, I
0: love that. I love yes. that. But continue. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> and so so he um, and I said, so how are you guys? I asked this was during my licensing interview of how are you um, then?
0: Are you uh, doing it basically?
1: <laughs> how, how are you doing? Well, are you doing it? But also are how are you supporting pastors in being able to like have this be thing be a. Uh, you know, a, a priority. And and it was a very non-committal, like clearly is not a thing that they had <laughs> yeah, thought about. It's insurance, and so insurance, you know, you're like uh, something, something so insurance, yes. Yeah, it's just, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. So it's it's it I think just start the conversation, sure. whether it's with a network leader, whether it's with um I, I know we have credentialed females in every state and every network. Right. So find one. That, you know, and say and ask of like, how can I be better at this or find a woman in your church, like an older one and a younger one and say, where are my blind spots? Yeah. So, So bullet points, I'd say start the conversation with women that you trust within your church and ask them what your blind spots are honestly and hear them. Yeah. And. Don't get defensive.
0: Yeah, honestly, <laughs> um, that's a hard one. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: give yeah. give some women in your church permission to give you sermon feedback if you've said something that is sexist, or if yeah. you've said something that's harmful, or a teaching that is like been disproven, True. <laughs>
0: or stuff like or that. Or even like, the class, like even what we mentioned of like, man, yeah. hey, in your sermon, it really felt like it could be a Mother's Day, and like you're like, hey, I know that we love right. mothers, and like we're not gonna. Slam, you know, mothers mm-hmm. and mothers say like that'd be rude, but also like we're not gonna we're yeah, gonna idolize weird. it, you know. We're not gonna like say this is right. the only way you contribute to society. And it's like, hey, that's still a worthwhile perspective to hear, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And so, so invite women to the table to give you honest feedback. Mm. Get women. In your pulpit, if you've never had a woman speak, then yeah, you might have to do some teaching on it proactively no. before that happens, um, in order to flesh it out, and or maybe it needs to be a Wednesday night sure. discussion group of like, let's have a roundtable discussion uh, and and talk through some of the problem or the, the the like the the big the big passages. And I loved what you said earlier too, Joe, about um uh, of like I people I respect have taught me this for this many years. Yeah, like, Cause again, you're not I'm willing you're to not consider always dealing with
0: enemies. And I think that's the thing about the rural church, especially that I think people need to highlight is like, there's yeah. not enough people in your towns. If you're a rural pastor no. to just bulldoze over a bunch right. of human beings and say, your opinions are invalid. You, mm-hmm. you it, It's slower. It's, it's more yeah. frustrating sometimes when you're like, I see something it's so, so clearly. slow, but yeah. again, like, it's, it's, it's a long conversation and, and these aren't bad mm-hmm. people. Nobody's, I mean, there are some, don't get me wrong. There are some people yeah. who are like bludgeoning yeah. people over the head with this stuff and you're like, that's not yeah. great. But there are a lot of people mm-hmm. who are just like, man, I'm sincerely walking out my faith in a way that I was taught and I'm trying to be, you know, faithful to the source of yeah. people as I view it. And like that, I have a lot more grace for, and you can work with somebody who says, Hey, let's return yes. to the word and look at it again. So yeah, I, I love that you rehighlight. Yeah. that.
1: Yeah. And also if you, if you do have women in your church, just I mean, I guess, or women pastors and and sure, yeah, I hope like, you have some I, women in church.
0: Like, oh man, that's a weird too, church. Pro- man. I don't know if I You do that. probably
1: have more women than men, and if you're like uh, most churches in America, um, I don't
0: ever want to walk into a church that's all men. I would just leave. I'd be like, I don't trust right? what's going on here. Like,
1: there's too much body odor. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> handle this. I think, I think there are. There's a lot in each of our lives. I guess this is circling back around to just sure. um, hearing women. Um, and their experiences that even Mm. just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Um, I have actually never, I I don't, I don't feel like I've ever been like on the receiving end of a negative experience because of the Billy Graham rule.
0: Sure.
1: Um, but I know the stories of friends who have experienced it. And so I care about it because I've seen how it impacts the body of Christ. So you don't have to have a, yes, you don't have to have experienced something yourself to care about it. Um, Mm. Uh, and to make it a priority. Oh, that's what I was saying. Is like uh, to to start uh, start the reaction. conversation. Sorry, Sorry here, right here. Um, start the conversation of of developing of of developing women and and be discipling intentionally. Um, whether it's I, I know in a, in a rural church it could be hard to have like a preaching team because yeah, you just for sure, have for sure, for sure, yeah. You know, you're, you're again, people are spread really sure. really thin. But if you're, I mean, find. Uh, illustrations that are going to uh women in history women in church history. Yeah. Um add some things in there. It doesn't have to all be sports illustrations. <laughs> Although a lot of women like sports illustrations.
0: Right, but you're you right. are also
1: you also then tend to alienate like people who are more interested in music than they yeah, are honestly the
0: sports ball, so to speak. Well and I have um, for sure like I have encountered pastors who uh you know, because again people I think sometimes pastors say, well that, you know, I think sometimes, especially with these topics that we consider in Christendom hot button, you know, like the issue of yeah. women in ministry, is people act like we don't already do that in other areas. So, like, for example, if my pastor preaches a sermon where all of his examples say things like, in your marriages and in your homes, there, have, I mean, this is a real interaction where I've talked to my pastor mm-hmm. and said, hey, there are teenagers and single people in your congregation. Yeah. So we're not even yep. saying this is not revolutionary, like because again, some people are going to walk away and go, "Well, that just steps on toes." And it's like, no, this is already a process we do in preaching yeah. when we notice anybody is not really in the sermon. It's like you said, right. "Hey, it's not all sports illustrations." Why? Because musicians exist and people who are bad at sports. It's not all art, you know, illustrations. Yeah. It's not all old, yeah, you know, or young. It's like, hey, these are we have to make room. For various we have to create space
1: for people to and to come, it's, and it's and, huge. Yeah. and it's huge. It is, and so I I think that that yeah, just the way that the way that you speak uh, from the pulpit is gonna have a lot of weight. Um, and and I think I would encourage. It's like it seems like sometimes the same people that are really okay with uh, with, with certain language in regards to, um, I'm going to call a spade a spade and I'm not going to pull any punches and I'm just going to say it like it is
0: yeah. are also ones that
1: when it comes to this topic tend to say like, well, I don't want to stir the pot. Like (laughs) I'm not going to. And and again, I think, I think it comes to this to back to your heart, maybe the, the thing that you said of, um, they don't want to do the work. Um, yeah. And that it's not important enough to them to to put in the work for it, where um, you are missing 50 percent of 15%. the population it's, it's, it's from ser- from preaching the gospel. It's, right. Yeah. If we really care about every tribe, nation and tongue well, and hearing like, the gospel, like let's equip women not just to go overseas to the people that we think right. are less than us in Africa. Right.
0: Right. But and to that's a whole, that's a serve churches and disciple
1: people here. It's a whole nother women a ministry conversation. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. And and <laughs> give your, your uh set your women free from right. these ideas that they have to fit a certain mold. Yeah. Give just give space for that freedom. Um And and it's. It's one of the best things, you know, some of the most fruitful relationships that I have, even other ministers that are around the country that I've never met in person Mm -hmm. who are some of my best friends. Like, I know that if something happened drastic in my life, like drastic trauma, (laughs) I know they would fly over here in an instant, whether I've met them in person or not, or they would, you know, drop everything. And a lot of those are guy friends or that, you know, we'd, we'd call or we'd text or check in and like. Kind of brother and sister, um,
0: right? Right. It's the body, and Christ and those are such Christ valuable
1: does. friendships. Yeah, um, it's so good. And um and and be sensitive. One of the things that I remember, uh, my former lead pastor did a sermon on uh, women in ministry or, or addressed kind of the topic. Um, and it was actually kind of fun because it was during uh, a uh, we did like movies, you know, at the movies at the church. Oh sure. Um, and used the live action. Uh, Aladdin because oh wow yeah uh Jasmine I mean like I had I had like, I had like a spiritual moment watching that movie in the theaters as Jasmine is singing her song speechless of like sure you know I'm not gonna be silent um and uh and one of the things that that he said was you know this is a peripheral in- issue and you know so we can still link arms with people who disagree with us on this and and serve the kingdom and and yes he's right he was right sure yeah, yeah. at the same time be sensitive to the fact that um there are those who will not link arms with me right. um i was and like it's the, it's really gosh right. i can't even it's really like, that's huge. easy that's huge yeah and so if you do have women on, on staff or, and as you're discipling women right. um give that safe space i know that whole safe space thing yeah
0: but if we like, if we baggage that term for half a second that, all we're saying yeah, is like a give space, that safe space space to process
1: for them to feel it and for it to be personal and to be frustrated and to mm own those emotions when yeah. when there's a church in town that won't work with them or on this event because they're female or won't right. allow you know or when when a fellow minister caves to pressure and takes off the female speaker from the main stage because right. people aren't going to come now if it's a female right. speaker like like give the women in your in your sphere permission to to be angry. Like you, yeah. we, you, everybody's talking about women being overly emotional um, and forgets well, that like anger gosh. is, you know, I've watched football I games. Stories, I know man. how emotional, I mean, it's
0: just too many stories. I mean, like so.
1: emotions are good. I mean, emotions yeah. are, oh, I should say emotions are inherently bad and give, so be okay with that and, and recognize right. that that's our reality that I I am willing mostly to link arms yeah. <laughs> with people who disagree with this topic as as long i mean as long as you're not going to sit there and undermine me every step right, of the way right. like we can link arms and work together um but uh in a lot of the the reality is there there are those who will not link arms with us right. and and so just being sensitive to that and leave space for that grief like that hurts that it is personal yeah. it's hard it, it's like i can't change that well i guess technically i can but not in, in our in our current study, I guess I can, but right, right, right. I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> right, sure. Well, and honestly, just to uh, you know, I'd love to hear any closing thoughts, and I want I want to zoom out for a mm-hmm. second on a thirty thousand foot view. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for even engaging this yeah. conversation. This has been a delight, a uh, friend to friend, and uh, and minister to minister of just to being able to to speak through this. Uh, but to zoom out and and just to leave our our listeners with this one thing: if I take a thirty thousand foot view, because I love church history. And I love tracing this awesome thread of the gospel Mm. and the periods of history where you see the church absolutely kill it. I mean, flourish, expand across continents and cultures is uh, it's usually it's usually right in that sweet spot where 100 percent of the body of Christ is being fully validated and engaged and is heading that direction. And so. Um this is going to be, you know, a, a, a nice end to a two part series but Rebecca I just want to mm-hmm. say thank you again just so much for jumping on here. I super appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I and I, I agree with you that in that and we look at history and we see how women were serving the gospel um and and another resource, if you haven't read it yet, is the Making of Biblical Womanhood. Yes, um, that is is written by a historian. She's a medieval historian who focuses on um, what women did in the early church, and and we've lost some of that, I think, in our, our Protestantism of like. We don't like Catholics. Um, we have sure, lost yeah, we kind of reject some Catholic scholarship to... and
0: experience which and all is, these things. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which is interesting because then we also miss, like, even from a Pentecostal heritage, like, sure. no, there were signs and wonders and like speaking in tongues and things were a thing in the early church too. But because we've disregarded in some ways, like, there's a lot some more ways, going yeah, on in a that scholarship of our now.
0: Tradition for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so I, you know, it's like be free. It is something that is so, um, like the kingdom of God, God, Jesus is going to do it like, uh, you know, and, and so we can partner with him and, um, and equip people. I, I think we, the American church, um, really, uh, I think is, is, is really, a, is really trying not to capitulate to like, like the gender fluidity ideas of our culture right. so and much that we're trying sure, to sure. come back. And I, and I totally get it, but, Let's go back to to being disciples of Jesus right. and cultivating spiritual gifts. Let's cultivate um, God. healthy I mean, yeah, relationships. Yeah. Let's you know when Jesus calls himself the prince of peace and the shalom in Hebrew it's like it's wholeness, it's completeness. Yeah. He's not he's not the prince of lack of conflict. He is the prince of wholeness. Yeah. Um and so let's just seek wholeness for our people whether they're rural farmers who are trying to make harvest, um, and on tractors all day for six months out of the year, um, yeah. or whether they're college students who are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. Um, we need to seek that wholeness and call out the image bearer and each yeah, other. Absolutely.
0: We're gonna well, leave Hey, that one. Yeah. Say. That's that's what we're leaving on the table right there. Well, Hey, uh, from all of us at Rural Advancement, thank you again for tuning to this two part episode yeah. of, uh, Women in Ministry. Um, And again, we hope that uh, you know our goal is really that you feel encouraged and challenged and valued and seen and that we have the tools we need to do God's work in small out-of-the-way places. So feel free to find us on Spotify or Apple Podcast or www.ruraladvancement.com. But in all honesty, in the most rural of fashions, the best way this podcast is going to spread is by good people just saying, hey, have you heard this conversation? I think it might help. And so I have been Joe Epley. This has been Pastor Rebecca Thomas, and we will see you next week.